Hello and welcome to the new edition of the podcast of Life Value TV, the podcast for more life value. My name is Stefan Josef and I'm happy that you're listening to my podcast as we talk in more detail today about what the responsibility of decision makers is and what far-reaching consequences of the so-called climate change are now recognizable in numerous sporting activities. How have you perceived this spring so far? Did May literally remake everything or do you have the impression that nature has changed for the worse? Winter sports are probably one of the best examples of how feasibility has become increasingly difficult, especially in the last few years. Ski slopes can often still be groomed with natural snow, but the pictures around them increasingly show green or non-snowed covered landscapes. As I have perceived, artificial snowmaking on slopes is already useless, frequently to counteract the scarcity of resources that has been explained to us. However, higher temperatures in the colder months of the year mean that winter sports can be still practiced on the one hand, but on the other hand, ski jumping becomes a mad jump. But what about other sports? Does this take away anything from the feeling of the actual sports experience? From my point of view, the flair of a snow jump is different than when jumping on mats. In cross-country skiing, for example, it would be also conceivable that the cross-country skiers of tomorrow would compete with inland skates and skis, thus making it possible to spread the competition season over a longer period of time. What we can say in general, however, is that, as with the Formula 1 race at Spa in 2021, a race can go down the drain, so to speak. Of course, more attention must be paid to environmental friendliness in the motorsport competitions. Basically, the following questions arise. What ecological and economic damage is caused by global climate change? What is the responsibility of decision makers when the organization of competition is awarded? What restrictions, for example, are taken in construction projects in order to maintain a livable environment for all of us? When new buildings are erected, concrete is sold to us as the building material for the future, although the price difference between classic masonry bricks and concrete does not necessarily speak in favor of concrete, according to my research. Personally, I don't like concrete buildings very much. Maybe the architects could come up with better solutions. What is more important, however, is clearly the carbon dioxide footprint that is left behind. In any case, in addition to the material used, it is important to consider how much carbon dioxide is caused by the pure construction activity in a construction project. As we learn on www.wohngl. UECK.DE The energy consumption for bricks is high, but compared to concrete, it is a natural raw material. In addition, the bricks are more persistent and the thermal insulation is better than with concrete. On this website, the advantages and disadvantages are also presented for wood, sandline bricks, and aerated concrete. A high proportion of cement is therefore supposed to darken the carbon footprint of concrete buildings, and it is presently the issue of sustainability from resource extraction to recycling 
that is a difficult and responsible one, as I think. As a layman, I certainly miss the big picture, but from my point of view, a project can always be implemented. Regardless of where which construction project is implemented, I believe that there is an obligation to create a green living space. Ideally, a small park with trees will be integrated into each residential complex to create a pleasant microclimate. In playgrounds, this should generally be a matter of course. In some places, the children, playing here in my home village, roast in the sun. If we now look into the question of how this spring looks like, has May remade everything again? Or do you experience a lower quality of life in your environment at home? Has the beautiful green meadow perhaps been erased in the meantime with a concrete building and asphalt? As I mentioned a few weeks ago, the responsibility lies with all of us on a small scale, because we can decide how to design the garden, the balcony, the windowsill. This means that we can be climate heroes at least in our small, private setting. If 100,000 people plant 100 trees each, we have already taken an important step. This is a core part of my mission 100,000. However, today's episode goes far beyond that, because with today's episode I appeal to all decision makers nationally and internationally to accept their responsibility and always put nature first in any project. After all, we all deserve a world worth living in. And this must not be sacrificed for resource extraction, construction projects, etc. All decision makers must ensure that technologies are used in the best possible way for the benefit of all people, for example to provide people with water wherever water is not available. Measures such as the treatment of seawater must be examined in any case. I'm looking forward to your subscription to my podcast and I invite you to watch my YouTube channel Life Valley TV. I wish you a future creating time for nature. All love, Stefan Josef.